0: Welcome to The Roots Report. My name is Patrick.
1: I'm Major.
0: And I'm Tim. What are we talking about today, Patrick? Well, today we're mainly going to be talking about the housing market and all that entails with that. But I also heard that you wanted to talk about the coffee crop that was ruined in Brazil. Why don't you take us off with that,
2: Tim? Yeah, so this past season has actually been pretty weird for Brazil. They've seen uh, some pretty extreme frost hit their coffee crops, which... Uh, is destroying basically the yield that they're going to have this year. So it's expected that coffee prices are going to rise, and actually, they've just hit on Friday the uh, highest point since 2014, which is a little over $2 a pound. And that's, like, at market price. So that's before some company gets a hold of it and roasts it and packages it up for you, or, like, processes it even further and puts it into your cup of coffee, where you pay 2 or $3 for that cup of coffee. And for a pound of the beans, raw, that, like, that's $2 still, again, right? Wait, are you saying that coffee
1: costs $2 a pound at its highest rate in a long time right now? I am, yeah. Uh, doesn't Starbucks charge, like, 4 or $5 for a burnt cup of coffee?
2: Uh, I don't know if they burn them, but...
1: Do they? No, they do. Do they? Uh, tell me more about that, Patrick. They
0: do, yeah. Uh, hmm. So, actually, it's common in uh, a lot of chains. Uh mcdonald's was one of the first to like really take a niche in it where they actually make their product a little bit shittier just to make it more consistent so starbucks the same way wants to make sure that their coffee is consistent across the entire country regardless of how it was roasted or whatever so they burn their beans so that uh it's more consistent see consistently and which bad. is like, i see yeah
1: consistently bad
0: consistently <laughs> a little bit shitty but you know what You know what to expect when you go get that Starbucks cup. I see. And, uh...
1: I know I'm, like... That's why Starbucks has shitty coffee. I know I'm, like, the podcast resident conspiracy theorist, but ever since the beginning of, like, Starbucks, I've always hated, like, Pike Roast. I would get Pike Roast Black and just sip on it and be like, this is the worst coffee I've ever had. So this makes me feel much more sane. Like, I'm... I mean, yes, I'm still crazy for paying $3 for a cup of burnt coffee, but at least I know... It's not me. It's them. I hmm. I will be honest. I do buy black Pike roast coffee,
0: and uh, I drink it, and I talk about how bad it is. But I pay three dollars for it because it's very convenient. Uh-oh. I mean, they've cornered the market on convenience.
1: Oh, see no, if I'm if I'm at Starbucks, it's because I got dragged there by someone else, and I don't want to pay seven dollars for That's a frappuccino, like a spice pumpkin spice whatever yeah. for seven dollars. Right? Exactly. Americano. I don't want to pay $8 for a cup of damn coffee. So I'll. Yeah. Right. I'll like,
0: My go to is a uh, oh. home drip. But, you know, if I'm in Rome. When in Rome. Do us the Romans too. Drink
1: burn ass shitty, shitty coffee. Drink
0: shitty coffee. Yeah. For,
1: like, way too much money. Way too much. You know, he's got the best coffee. And the, yeah, I'm doing this on purpose to derail Tim, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> it's the best coffee. I love some Tim Hortons. I. I am long on Tim Hortons. I would open up a franchise in the United States and try to expand if I thought it was possible. Oh, and the I only had,
0: franchise I'm going to open up is a Taco Bell because Taco's a fucking fanatic.
1: <laughs> you know, there's not a Waffle House in Ireland. What? I think that's where the real money's at. Uh, my dad and I went a, a couple summers ago
2: to Honestly, Ireland,
1: and there was not a single Waffle House there. And I was like, man. As much as these guys drink, you know, we were drinking a lot. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, they need need some hangover food. I was like, if we'd open one Waffle House, like, that would be, like, the most popular restaurant in Ireland.
0: Yeah. Really? And you could brand it as, like, the hangover restaurant.
1: Right? Yeah. That would be, like, the place. We should look into this, honestly. That's, like, a decent idea. Yeah. If anyone, Hmm. I swear to goodness. Also. Of the ten people who (laughs) listen to this podcast, if you guys have enough (laughs) capital and you fucking open up a, a Waffle House in Ireland, I better, I don't. I'm not legally entitled to any money, but the least you could do is give me a damn waffle when I come next time. <laughs> exactly. That's just all we're asking for. Right? Just one. In Ireland. Thanks. I signed the credit card, Roots Research. Speaking
0: of uh, importing foreign ideas, so in Thailand, they have all these, like, lady bars, and I was telling my buddy about them, and he's like, why Did don't you just they say the lady bars? Ears? Right, yeah.
2: So, like, only women.
0: Uh, no, so what you do is, oh. like, you go into these bars, okay. and you have, like, there's, like, uh girls, it's kind of like a Hooters or something, but oh, then you okay. just pay them to, like, uh, like, you'll play games with them, or you'll buy them a drink, and they have, like, special lady drinks, which are, like, low in alcohol, but they uh, get, like, a cut of
1: it. Like an apple teeny?
0: Yeah, well, like that, only, Shout I don't know, uh, it could be, like, anything, they just, the bartenders put less alcohol in it, and it costs more,
1: um, That's what we call marketing. But I mean, my, yeah, exactly.
0: And so my buddy was like, why don't they do that here? And I had to be like, I have no fucking idea. Why, why don't they do that here? There would be so many people who would go to a bar to buy somebody an overpriced drink
1: just so that they'll talk to them. Well, I think that's every bar in America. I mean, I had, I remember back in college, I'm very happily married now. So I've only had to buy one very expensive woman, very expensive drinks. But I remember back in college, like, and girls would be like, hey, you want to buy me a drink? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> well, not everybody has that cut jaw that you have. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I would agree. Don't And don't get the cut jaw either. Uh, two hours a day at the gym does not pay off uh, 10 years later. Just spoiler alert. It what's about the uh, dividends that was paying you then, not now? Oh, I mean, the return on investment was, let's just say, puts Amazon to shame. Ooh. <laughs> get, get healthy, guys. Get healthy. Get healthy, be healthy. Hey, black coffee exactly. is pretty good, but not from Starbucks because it's burnt apparently. But that's just crazy. Uh, I'm, exactly. just, I'm still blown away that I pay out the ass for Walmart Colombian coffee. And it's $2 a pound for the beans. Uh, not a diss on Walmart Colombian coffee. Surprisingly, excellent.
2: I'm definitely a double-double guy, though. I cannot do black coffee. No way. What do you add? Like uh, some two syrup? Cream, two sugar.
1: Some, some syrup and...
2: Yeah, yeah. I would do, like, uh, a tablespoon or two of syrup, yeah, for sure. trying to think of another stating, uh, Canadian syrup. If there's some on hand. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: T- two two tablespoons of syrup and two tablespoons of freshly shaved ice from the local ice hockey rink after a hard game.
2: Yeah. Don't you know? Cool it off. Cool it off so you can drink it right away. Yeah, <laughs> I 100%. percent damn coffee. thirsty.
1: They pass it out free after games. Oh, yeah. speaking of
2: Canada... Uh, speaking of
1: Canada... Uh, did you start trading crypto again?
2: Uh, yes, I did. So... so There was a message sent out on KuCoin, and I have access again. Not sure exactly what happened on in the back end, but things seem to be working again for me. So I've withdrawn some of the money already, but like, I don't know. It was just a very, very odd time to be holding crypto in Ontario. Well, it's good to know that
1: Canadian regulations are as blinded by the fog of war as American regulations and filings.
2: Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, at some point, it's, like, literally not fair. Like, you can't just, like, disable an entire ecosystem.
1: And then bring it back online randomly?
2: Like, yeah. And bring it back online randomly? Like, I don't know. I was pretty stressed out there for a good, like, week or two. Yeah. Not knowing what was going on. Like, and it's just, all of a sudden, nothing works. It's not even like there was, like, a message went out that, like, said this. I, like, sort of discovered it through, like, a bunch of tweets. And then, like, all of a sudden, a few weeks later, I get a message saying that it works again. Like, what? (laughs) So you admitted something happened, but like didn't actually say what? Like, <laughs> Sounds like the SEC was involved. Well, I don't know. Prom- we're Maybe, not admitting but, like, guilt,
1: but we're going to pay you X amount of millions or billions of dollars. And so it's a, it 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 it
2: it's exactly, exactly the SEC equivalent, but like in Canada, it's managed provincially. So it's like the Ontario regulators had a problem with it. See what I mean? Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, doesn't like, sense what obviously it makes they... sense what you said. doesn't make sense what you said. It doesn't
2: make sense what they did. no. They handled it very poorly. They should have, like, just sent a notice out to everyone saying, like, this could happen, not actually shut everything down and, like, and like I don't know. Right. Yeah.
1: Because essentially it has the same effect, right? When you buy the hype, sell the news kind of thing, like, it's priced in. So, like, as soon as they send out a notice that, you know, it's about to, to be shut down in two days, right, that gives the well-learned investors and traders opportunity to, to sell out their positions, However, those who, <clears throat> however, those who are working like at a job at the time or don't subscribe to the certain tweets or notifications, they're going to still be blindsided by it.
2: Yeah, and like just the fact that there there was not even a notification, like that's what really really gets me. Like <laughs> right? it was just ridiculous. Like th- th- there, I think it was literally some Reddit posts that were like linked to uh, Twitter back and forth between like a. KuCoin representative and some like random people yeah like
1: if that's you're yes. <laughs> if you're heavy in crypto I mean we're talking heavy right I mean you shouldn't invest more than you can risk or whatever but let's say you know you've got a substantial amount of money whatever that means to the individual in Ontario in the crypto market like I'd be afraid to go to bed at night sometimes because like what if you wake up in the morning right. and the regulations aren't good anymore and you can't trade your crypto especially yeah. after the
2: the week we've seen with crypto I know, well there I,
0: wasn't I, a Sale halt, right? You could always sell
2: it. I could always sell it for USDT, but then I had no way to get USDT back to Canadian dollars. Now USDT oh, yeah, that that's sucks.
1: United States dollar tether, right? Yes. Which is just got penalized by the SEC, right? Or fined by the SEC for malicious activity earlier in their uh when they were starting really? out.
2: Wow, I did not know about that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Was that like about that like Time when it went up to like a dollar twenty five and then down to like eighty cents and then back up to a dollar twenty five or something. I, I know that there was a weird period that something like that happened.
1: Uh, so coin of Reuters, uh, this pro- this probe uh, is focused on events from several years ago uh, when Tether, a stablecoin, launched in two thousand fourteen.
2: Hmm. Interesting,
1: right? Especially because Tether is one of the two main tokens for stablecoin. Right? It's Tether and the USD coin. And tether accounts for more than six percent of the total stable coins issued, worth about a hundred billion dollars.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Wow. Yeah. I'm going to look into this. I want to. I want to dig into that a little bit. That's interesting. Well, I hope you can find some more information out about it. Yeah. And then tune in next week to the Roots Report. Yeah. For Tim's findings. Yeah.
0: Have we uh, talked at all about that crypto? Um, what was it called?
1: Tiger King. Yes. Yes, we have. We theta, covered that several theta. episodes oh, ago. Yeah. Feel free to check it out.
0: <laughs> Tiger King. The Tiger King crypto. <laughs> the Tiger King crypto. Uh, no, Theta. I know we've the talked, talked about
1: theta, theta on our Discord, on the Roots Research Discord, but I don't think we've talked about it here on the podcast.
2: No. Why don't you explain it there, Patrick? Well, right. What I really
0: uh, like about Theta was that it can help. It has like an actual use, uh, unlike like Tether or uh, Dogecoin or whatever. Um, it actually helps with uh, video uh, decentralization of uh, <clears throat> bandwidth, right? So you use it to, like, by mining Tether, you use that, and it helps to decentralize the- By mining
2: videos. Theta. Videos.
0: Yeah, by mining- sorry, by mining Theta, it uh, helps decentralize the streaming services, which apparently, like, YouTube and other uh,
2: companies pay a lot of
0: money for, and it's also started by a YouTube CEO. So I thought it was a really interesting one. Yeah,
2: I, I believe he was one of the founders of uh, YouTube. He was on like the original team before Google took over them. Yeah,
0: I know you're a big believer in it, Tim, right? So what do you think about it?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've kind of actually like spent a little bit of time uh, going onto their streaming platform um, at Theta.tv um, and sort of participating in the... Uh, video watching and like basically what hap- ends up happening is let's say um, the three of us live in a one of us lives in a city one of us lives just outside the city and then one of us lives like a few hundred kilometers away from that person so like it, there's maybe uh, I don't know five or six hundred kilometers between the three of us and obviously as we know there are some spots in. America and Canada as well. And I'm sure like in Mexico and everywhere else in the world that there's like dead zones of cell reception and like dead zones of where you can't really get access to fast internet. And Uh, I think that's called spots even. Yeah, I guess they just have (laughs) shitty networks. (laughs) So what this essentially does is it makes every computer basically a, a server point. So as long as I can connect to whoever's closest to me, I'll have a very similar quality of like video stream as they do because I'm sort of sapping off of their internet but they could be sapping off someone else and they could be sapping off another person and like four more people could be like giving in to Patrick as well like yeah. right it's a massive sort of spider web that That's sort a... of gets made have and it heard... just goes to like the the best connection to give you the best video connection have you heard of helium I have heard of helium you you're the one that turned me on to helium, actually.
1: That's exactly right. Now, I haven't done my due diligence on helium, uh, but I know some YouTube guys who are really, really hardcore in love with helium, and they've tried to explain it to me. I'm just kind of like an idiot when it comes to, to crypto mining. But helium's like that. Like it, it just goes from host to host to host to host, and you get paid, or you quote-unquote mine helium, if I remember this correctly, uh, from the data that... It uses off of, like, your home Wi-Fi network, not, like, your cell phone data with your limited gigabyte plan or whatever. So, you know, like, if I want to access something off the Helium network, it would go from my house to my neighbor's house if they have a node to his neighbor's house and and, and so forth to, to connect the network. And that's how you, quote-unquote, earn hip, uh, Helium, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't think it's, like, an unpopular idea, and I'm really, really looking forward to it because people tend to live close to each other. I mean, my mom just bought a, getting ready for retirement or whatever, just bought like a house in the mountains miles away from like civilization or anywhere else. So, you know, there are definitely outliers out there, but as a, in general, outside of maybe the state of Texas, most people kind of live close to each other. And so as this becomes more popular and more mainstream, it would be really nice to not have to try to listen to the Roots Research podcast off of my terrible AT&T uh, cell phone reception and instead be able to pick up the data it needs as I drive by a house that is operating on such a, a network. You know what
2: I'm saying? I do know what you're saying.
0: Wouldn't it help more in places that are like suburbs where there's medium density? Because uh, in high-density areas, you're going to already have good infrastructure, it, which actually a lot of... uh.
1: You would think
0: uh, the I United in States Tampa. is
1: an AT&T service?
0: Crap. Well, I mean that's because AT&T is crap, and they're the only game in town. This is the problem with monopolies, which we have just allowed now.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think it helps more in like medium density, where you don't have the infrastructure that businesses are willing to invest, but you can piggyback off of uh, multiple people or other people around you.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas rural
0: doesn't have other people to piggyback off of. But uh, in medium-density areas like suburbs, it's better because you have more people but less infrastructure. So it's kind of like the in-between that it fills in. Which actually, with the United States, is a large part of our population because of multiple initiatives in the 60s and 70s during the Cold War where uh, they promoted suburban life to prevent bomb strikes ironically so we have a low-density populace compared to like Europe and Asia um, which also spurs on housing increases in prices and uh, we need more and more houses built per person because whereas a lot more countries live in apartments which are you know easier to build they're smaller you can build a lot of them in a small amount of space Americans insist on having a house in a yard in a suburb, because that's the American that's dream. The American
1: dream. You're absolutely right. I was you uh, stole the segue right out of my mouth there, Patrick. I was going <laughs> to ask about speaking of suburbs, uh, how are how the houses were doing, uh, being built, bought, and sold in the suburbs? Right,
0: and I've been looking a lot into this. I think uh, there's a lot, a lot to play. I think it really covers the whole market on this, um, but. Uh, the main factors I would say are the supply chain problems that we've incurred since the beginning of, uh, COVID. COVID. Yeah. yeah. The, the virus has caused so many supply chain issues with restrictions, uh, that lumber prices and other materials, steel, concrete, everything has gone way up. That included with, uh, stimulus checks, which more people have more access to more money means that people are going to have more money to buy a house and supply a down payment and also uh, low interest rates which means higher access to credit particularly mortgage loans which are I think are primarily being utilized by people who already have money to buy more real estate and here's the big one it's because I believe at least that if you're getting a loan at 2.5% let's say or 2% to make it simple and inflation is expected, and you believe inflation to increase the value of your money by 3%, if you maintain your value in something that's real, like real estate, then you will net 1% just for maintaining value. If you, as long as you don't lose value, you'll gain 1%, which 1% on a $300,000 loan is $3,000 per year. Now, you're making $3,000 per year on money that you don't even own. So you're getting subsidized getting paid by the government just for applying for a loan. So, so the these rich people get with access richer. to exactly. And so, you know, like we talked about last week with a a rising wealth gap, a widening wealth gap. We're just finding that these rich people who have access to money, which is a supply of capital, can apply for more loans, can get more money off of their money and off of money that they don't even own. And,
2: like, just access to the knowledge of being able to apply for such loans, right? Like, not even talking about, like, the the credit rating sort of associated with, like, better quality loans, but, like, knowing the fact that you can sort of use debt as a thing to work for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I thank you, Tim, because that's
0: exactly what we're here for, is to uh, help people realize that debt is a tool. If you use it well, it can be extremely powerful. Absolutely. Um, if you miss this default on it, on like a 24% APR credit card loan, you're getting fucked. Because yeah. you if you're not making 24% on that loan, you're losing money. But if it's a 2% loan and you're making 3% just in inflation, then you're making money off of money that you don't own. Yep. So the leverage is huge and the you don't even have to own the money. So, I mean, it's like free money almost.
1: Not just on a personal level, but coming with with my expertise and due diligence and research and companies, especially SEC filings, right? Like, if I see a company that has zero debt, it's it's not a complete red flag. There are much bigger red flags out there. But it shows me, like, either the company's doing really well, which I shouldn't have to DD anyway because... You know, Apple and Microsoft are doing great to the moon or whatever over time. But it shows that they're not utilizing their capital correctly because debt isn't a bad thing to a certain degree. Right.
2: To a certain degree. Like, for
0: instance, I have zero interest in paying off my student loans because they're charging me like 3% and they might get canceled someday in the future. So I'm just going to do the minimum payment.
1: If you could put $1,000 towards your loans that are 3% or put a thousand dollars towards a stock that you researched and did your DD on, right. And you make five or 10% in that same monthly period, right. You're netting 7% uh, over that. So like, it's important to, of course, you know, pay off like credit card debt and whatever, but it's all about optimizing your money, and making your money work the hardest for you yes if exactly. that money was just going to sit in a bank account making zero percent interest or you know these high yield quote i roll high yield savings accounts making like one percent interest or whatever uh then yeah you would your money would be working harder for you paying off that three percent interest debt but if you're putting that money in the stock market and you're not piss poor or terrible trader right i mean look at spy just put it in spy and then and pay the difference, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's really what people don't understand. Like, and I've tried to explain this to a lot of people, and some people just are resistant to it. I think they don't want the risk, or they don't understand how money works, or well, I mean, that's just I don't know
1: how it's ingrained in us, right? Like, right, the, the they quote unquote American dream or whatever is you try to be debt free. There's that dumbass, really popular guy. I can't remember his name right now, but he's like, you know, the financial guru or whatever for people getting out of debt and like his number one rule is like pay off your credit cards every month and like yeah at 19 to 24 percent apr yeah sure. unless you're the most amazing trader pay it off but if you've
2: got
0: yeah can you make more than 24 percent apr
2: no probably not probably you also not. shouldn't be using the money you need to be paying off your credit card for anything other than that like that should be your number one priority come payday. Every Unless you're day. on
0: Wall Street bets.
2: <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But guess. if you've got a sweet-ass deal where you've got 12 or 24 months interest-free payment, then pay the yep. minimum and put that money towards a wise investment. Unless you're
0: about to declare bankruptcy anyway. I mean, that's the only time I would do it. Fucking max out those credit cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if the ship's going down, might as well eat the caviar, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I mean... This isn't financial advice. No one knows what we're talking about here. It's certainly not us. <laughs> but this, this is just—we're all idiots. We're all idiots, <laughs> we're yeah. all idiots here. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, you know, just looking at spy on the monthly chart, it's up three three point three two percent, and just hit like a new all-time high, uh, four forty. So that—that's almost yearly prime. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> just, so here is the really interesting thing that I actually wanted to talk about with uh, <clears throat> housing is. Where do you guys think it's going to go with the construction initiative that Biden is
2: proposing? Can you just briefly recap the uh, construction initiative there? Yes. uh, I apologize for my Canadian
1: friend, but he doesn't get all the the U.S. news. (laughs) So if you wouldn't mind, Patrick. uh, So
2: uh,
0: Biden is uh, proposing that we do massive increase to infrastructure and construction and uh, revamping kind of like the American – infrastructure primarily i think with social and uh highways other transportation infrastructure
2: you guys need new roads
0: yeah and also there's a lot dedicated to social infrastructure it's hard to say without like a final plan that's been approved by both houses but so with more construction anyway which is more leaning towards the probable because uh it's got bipartisan support It'll produce with a lot of jobs too,
2: which is good. It's kind of everyone's goal, right? Yeah,
0: and uh, so, but with more construction, do you think that'll make house prices more expensive or less expensive? Uh, supply. And I think it demand. primarily relies on what they're constructing. However, there could be looped in uh, housing construction or reduced subsidized materials cost.
1: That's a that's a great question, Patrick. Because I mean, it really could go both ways. I mean, yes, it depends on what they're constructing, but from a supply and demand point of view if you need a house for or if you need concrete for a bridge or concrete for a house right the the concrete's just going to cost right. more because there's more more demand and therefore less yeah. supply so it drives the prices up but like infrastructure is probably one of the least sexiest things that the senate and any politician could ever talk about but it's probably one of the most important like recently as as far as like April 2021 right uh, a new report came out that there are 745 bridges in South Carolina that are structurally deficient, right? Wow! How scary is that? Do you want to drive over a bridge in South Carolina knowing that it could be one of these 745 like structurally deficient bridges?
2: Wow! No, that's crazy. How many uh, how many bridges are there in
1: or South Carolina? Uh, that's a great question. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would say one structurally deficient bridge is one too many. I should be able to drive from point A to point B on my mother effing taxpayer dollar paid for roads and bridges, and I should not have any fear about them collapsing or cracks or whatever. And like we talk about this and, you know, make jokes
2: left or right, but this is like a real issue. Uh, Yeah. So I just Googled it. There's 9,455 total bridges in the state. 745 you said were deficient. Yeah. So that's. 7.9%. 7.9%.
1: Right, exactly. That's that's 7.9% too high. As a as a tax as a taxpayer, that's that's bad. I don't want to talk about the Mothman, but that bridge collapsed. And it could have been because of the Mothman, but it's most likely because of sufficient defic- or structural deficiencies.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's scary. The structure structurally deficient is classified as one or more of the key elements is in poor or worse condition. Oh my God. (laughs) With housing, I wanted to talk about the
0: uh, work from home initiative that's really been developing over the past few months uh, since COVID. So, more and more companies have, yeah, more and more companies have transitioned into a work from home model, and they've discovered that it's actually profitable because you don't have to have uh, office space. Actually, one really big company, I forget the name now, uh, but it lost its shit because the work from home initiative that has gone on since COVID, it was a rental office space. They made like personalized office spaces for like a lot of companies. So they would buy like one building and then like 20 companies would buy it. And you could like rent certain days or months or weeks rather than having to buy and maintain an office for your own business all the time. You could just rent a day. However, (laughs) since covid no one's not reacting. doing so well. So they—they, I, they, uh, I think they almost went bankrupt and then came back a little bit. But the point of being is that more and more people are seeing their home not only as a place that they come home from work, but also as a place that they're going to be for 24 hours a day if they can do a work from home. And more and more companies are adopting these work from home initiatives where they allow you to work maybe a part of the week or all of the week or a certain number of hours at home. So I think that also has increased the value of houses.
1: Now, what do you major, Tim? I 100% agree with that. It, I don't know if it increases the value of a house as much as it increases the intrinsic value of your house. So, like now, instead of buying uh, a one-bedroom apartment or or, or a two-bedroom house, now I gotta get a three-bedroom house because one of my bedrooms are gonna be in a uh, is gonna be like a home office.
2: Yeah, but, it and, really decreases the value of apartments and small living spaces because you don't want to be stuck in a 300 square foot box floating on the 40th floor whenever you have to be there for 24 hours a day. Minus looking like, at the you, New York, quick five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Toronto okay. as well, probably Vancouver, aka okay. a house. Yeah, but like
1: on <laughs> top of that, like so, just this sounds great. Like I've always been like a huge proponent of work from home. I, I got into it right. with my last employer. Because we had the, the capabilities and the infrastructure already set up for work from home. So when COVID started rolling out and uh, at the time I was living with a person who would be considered uh, a high threat or a high possibility of getting COVID-19 on a serious degree, like I was very worried about that. So like that was one of the main like, issues and concerns I had with my former employee. And they were like, rock hard, you're coming to the office and I was like, there's a global pandemic going on. Right. And they're like, yeah, exactly." but Trump said it's going to be gone by April in summertime. And then I would just roll my eyes and go back to my desk until I finally won that argument. But my big concern here, or I'm happy, like work from home is fantastic. And a lot of people, like more companies should be switching over to that on like an optional full-time basis. I mean, it saves the company money, not only on office space, parking lots, uh, but also liability, for insurance, right? People are more productive. Right? You're more productive. You're usually happier.
0: You don't have office people to talk to. You don't have commute. You're staying at home. You can take breaks Do make yourself food. And so people are more productive. It makes a lot of sense. And it was inevitable. But COVID sped that up.
1: Yes. However, I think this is also a perfect example of how America is settling short. Like, this sounds great because we have this awful work week where everyone hates their job, you know, speaking in generalities, right? Working for the weekend. But if you look over in, like, Norway and these other progressive, like, European companies or countries, they're making their companies subsidize some of the employees' living expenses, right? Like, whether that's uh, paying for rent or paying for your mortgage because the company's no longer having to pay all that money for their place of work right so well i think i mean that makes sense yeah right it makes sense and like you know also i know that at least in america
0: you always get a tax reduction if you can claim a space as a work space
2: yeah
1: do you sure same here wait yeah so like, you do if i work can from home the i can claim footage. that on my taxes technically yeah you have to uh,
0: have a dedicated workspace but if you do you can claim the square footage as a Home
1: office. That is incredible. What if I work on my laptop yep. and I walk around my home the whole fucking day? Because uh, you're damn sure. <laughs> well, uh, last year you um, might claimed... get
0: a visit from the IRS, but if you can really, you know, prove it, I don't know. Maybe. I mean,
1: I've, I've, I've got the the video camera footage.
0: It has to be dedicated. I'm pretty sure. So if yeah, you use, if you, you were you like can't in use your
2: it kitchen, for living
0: space. yeah. If you were in your kitchen, that's not dedicated, right? Because
1: well, what if I awesome. put up a whiteboard on my fridge, a magnetic whiteboard?
0: But it has to be dedicated. Oh, you wouldn't dedicated. be able to use that fridge, fridge
2: for personal use.
1: Well, I'm not trying yeah. to write out the fridge. I'm necessarily. Just trying to, I'm just trying to write out the space. So I've got a uh, because I do have you a. You wouldn't I, on get, my I get what you, you want to, what, do, but I'm saying reminders.
0: the IRS requires that it's dedicated yeah. rather uh, than multi-purpose.
1: Yeah. Oh. I'm
0: pretty sure you can look into it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not tax. It's required. Yeah, this is not tax advice at all. Look into it on your own advice, on your own time. But uh, I'm pretty sure it has to be dedicated. I'm okay. Not a tax expert though. I mean, that's no. dumb. Nobody I do is. other
1: things at work besides work. That's not a, like there's no, nowhere and nowhere in major's life is it a hundred percent dedicated workspace. And I would issue the challenge that nowhere in anyone's life with a cell phone in their pocket is a dedicated workspace. I don't the make case. the IRS
0: rules, though.
1: So. Yeah. Well, you know what? The, the IRS could probably go after some other people like Jeff Bezos or Amazon or Netflix or maybe they could, the other 96 but they of the Fortune 500 companies that don't pay federal taxes. Maybe go after them before they go after the little guy. Which, by the way, they're going after the little guy. Uh, I don't know if you saw yeah. the reports, I think, earlier in the month or in June. But the IRS is like doubling their, their workforce for tax evasion and stuff.
0: Yep, just to get all those people from uh, COVID who were trying to evade taxes or claiming the wrong thing, haha.
1: <laughs> they don't give a now, fuck if you're rich. Here's my bro. thing, like yeah, like if you are evading taxes because you're you're so poor you can't afford to pay taxes and you need to provide for your family, like food and groceries or housing or whatever, like is that the same thing as evading taxes as like I don't know a high celebrity, a high profile celebrity evading taxes on their last album sales or whatever? insert whatever fucking example you want to hear you just google it yourself (coughs) but it's crazy and then there's also the ignorance process process like how do you do your taxes this is like there are two things certain in life and just to prove my point i'm not going to finish that idiom because everyone knows what they are right it's death and taxes i finished it but that's just because i'm trying to make i said i wasn't going to finish it but i did because i'm trying to get to the next point here and it was just like just it did stuck. it did
0: bother me i will be i will be honest right? i exactly. wanted to it, finish it for it, it, you it bothered me I, too. it was graining in my head yeah the OC, that was yeah, just like
1: a record finish. spin just going oh, death taxes. death <laughs> yeah. and taxes death and taxes death and taxes death and taxes so just to get rid of the anxiety i had to go ahead and say it out loud uh which makes me a liar <laughs> uh which is a hundred percent what you can expect from everything in this podcast not financial advice but death and taxes and you can't avoid death you can't avoid taxes but you could at least teach how to pay your taxes and the tax system in your public education right like that should be something by the time you leave high school you should know how to have safe sex how to safely drive a car and how to safely pay your taxes besides that like totally agree but instead
0: we learn calculus
1: well i got a degree in math so like i can't really hate on it but i will yeah, tell but you yeah what did
0: you what, in my but what did 12, you do with
1: it yeah in my 12 years of experience i've only used Pythagor- the- pythagorean theorem once and that's cuz i was trying to figure out the diagonal size of a television and i had the the length of the television the width of the television but it wasn't labeled when i was trying to purchase it how much like how like like was it 55 inches <laughs> was it 65 inches well, hey, so i was like hey a squared plus b squared equals c squared so cool yeah, exactly thanks for that thanks for for seven years of A-squared plus B-squared equals C-squared, so I could use it for seven seconds of my fucking life. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I have to do every but
0: year? You know taxes. What? We'll skimp on the uh, the whole filing taxes part. You figure that out on your own.
1: Yeah. Right? Exactly. And when, you know if When you it matters to your pocketbook. We're going to send the federal government after you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because that's a requirement for every individual.
1: and That's, you, not,
2: that's never taught. <laughs>
1: Do you know yeah, how the ridiculous. IRS knows you're lying on your taxes? Because they've already done them. They've done they're, They've done your yeah. taxes already. It's that simple. Like the businesses, everything, all the reported like revenue, like it gets sent to the IRS. It's
0: fucking ridiculous,
1: right? Like you know what they do in other countries? They send you a fucking bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know why they don't send you a bill here in the United States? It's because of H and
2: R Block and all the other tax firms yeah, yeah. and lobbying. Yeah, yeah. Just like why we don't have good health care. H and R Block actually um, over the coronavirus got removed from the S and P 500.
1: Good, fuck them.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, agreed. But I I thought that was interesting.
1: This is the first year I paid for
2: taxes because it was too
0: complicated to do my own.
2: Right, so and like, like, like that should never be. Bucks. The words "it's too
1: complicated to do on my own" should never come out of a like of anyone's mouth when it's a federal law. I
0: know it's a federal law. I have to. Yeah. And yet, it's too complicated.
1: You know know what you have to do by law? Stop at a stop sign. And no one's ever been like, oh, I couldn't read those four letters. Well, I'm sure someone has. But, like, even if you can't read the word stop, you know what that red octagon means. Yeah.
0: Well, if you have a driver's license, you're supposed to. They test you on it. That's a good point.
1: You know what they don't test you on before you you get your your adulting license? Taxes.
2: Taxes. (laughs) You have to pass a tax test before you're officially an adult.
1: Yo, how great would that be? I didn't pay my taxes because I, I need to move to Canada. Test. Tim um, doesn't have these <laughs> I'm problems. I'm too dumb to file my taxes so I didn't have to
2: pay them this year.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, obviously they do that because the less you know, the more you pay. And then on top of that, exactly. like, it's just... You're
0: you're only penalized if you pay too little. It, yeah,
1: so overpay and they'll send you the rest back. In theory. Yeah. I mean, it took your in grandfather theory. like 12 years, right? But that yeah. interest rate, right? That interest rate, not too interest bad. But like, if you're rich, you just pay someone else who went to school for four plus six years to, exactly. to file your taxes, and they know all the tax like loopholes. So you pay nothing. It's fucking bullshit. So the only way to get the the only way to get rich is through the market, in my opinion.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or you put people under you. That's the best way.
1: Like a pyramid scheme. Like I mean, sorry, kind like of like a, a, pyramid a pyramid scheme, but like kind of formation
0: kind of like that uh but like if you look at like jeff bezos right so he's put a lot of people underneath him and he exploits them for money
2: he went to the moon and he thanked them for it yeah I'm he was like thanks guys
1: so cringy. that was nice of you first off he did not even go to it space was. let alone the moon like one, of my, fa- yeah. one of my favorite clapbacks <laughs> was like the faa coming out with an official statement saying that jeff Bezos is not an astronaut because he technically didn't go out to space based on like <laughs> uh, current regulations. I was like, oh, yes. go fuck yourself in your, Thank your, you, FAA. your penis <laughs> rocket. But, right. Yeah, That's so like
2: good.
1: <laughs> he's offering to flip NASA's bill for $2 billion to be for Blue Balls, whatever his company is, to be reconsidered instead of SpaceX. $2 billion right. as an Amazon he's, worker? Oh my God! I would flip. Jeff Bezos out. is just so
0: salty that Elon is getting the contracts, and he's not. yeah, he's yeah. just so pissed. It's the but he doesn't even he care can't if he get. makes money.
1: It's like, but, just, just, but that's capitalism. If Elon you have a get. better product, you get the you you get the position yeah. filled, right? Like, yep. right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, if I was Jeff Bezos, there wouldn't be a single homeless person in my hometown, right? Exactly. And like, oh, you're like, oh, but that'll attract more homeless people. Cool. I've got billions and billions of dollars. Like, Seattle yeah, real estate costs do? a Run lot, but it's not that much. I don't think you know how much money a billion is. Right? Like, you could... How many... No. I did the math once. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to, like, BS you because I don't remember the numbers. But, About like, if... A I did the math once on Jeff Bezos' net wealth. And, like, if he bought a million-dollar house every day of the year, it would take him, like, 500-plus years before he ran out of money. Buying a million-dollar yeah. house a day. Dang. It's astronomical that's great. and you know what i just want a tiny piece of that pie i i, I just want to crumb i like a, his pie and so here i am trying to fucking win at the game of stocks yeah
0: i saw somebody who was talking about like if you had saved all of your money that you earned and you earned like a hundred thousand dollars a year or yeah, something yeah i saw that since the like beginning of time you still wouldn't outpace jip no nope.
2: dang wow Apparently, Exponential yeah. Growth is real.
1: Apparently, all you need to do is sell books online. Sell yeah. books online, or make uh, some shoes and put some red paint on the bottom of them, and then get some wrappers to uh, wear them. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm sure Louis Vuittons, those blood red shoes. I'm sure they're the best shoes you've ever put on in your entire life. He says, eye rolling the entire time.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, now we're just ranting at the the rich. And hey, hey. If this somehow makes it into the podcast and you're super rich, tweet at us, Great. email us. I'd love to fucking hear from you. Tell me more about your life. And then also, please include your parents' net worth and how much they gave you and how much you inherited.
2: Yeah.
0: No, they worked hard for that.
1: They, Yeah, their parents might have, but Maybe. No, you did no. not. know
0: they're hard workers. Or grandparents. They're, they're successful because of how hard they worked.
1: One, yeah. of, my, that's how one that, of my favorite quotes is. is that turning or making a 100 dollar profit on a 1000 dollars in the stock market is really hard. Making a 100,000 dollars on a million dollars in the stock market is inevitable.
2: Thank you for listening to the Roots Report by Roots Research. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between the hosts. And this is not financial advice as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share and follow us on Twitter and Spotify and even join our discord. Links are in the description below. This has been Roots Research and stay rooted.